I was originally just going to cold open with this following clip, but then I realized you guys might be confused, and since you're confused, you'll miss what he's saying, okay? So I'm letting you know there's a clip coming. Enjoy. My brothers and sisters and I had this babysitter named Veronica when we were kids, and I was in love with her. I was in love with Veronica. She would babysit us on Saturday nights. And in my head, when I was a little kid, I thought that Veronica was like 25, 30 years old. I was just talking to my mom the other week. I found out that when I was 10, Veronica was 13. <laughs> so why was she in charge? All she could do was dial the telephone a little better than I could. 13 when I'm 10, that's just like hiring a slightly bigger child. That would be like if you're going out of town for the week and you paid a horse to watch your dog. <laughs> like, all right, here is the number where we'll be, and here's where we keep the dog food, and you're a horse. Okay, here's the vibe. Some of us have either been the young babysitter or had a very young babysitter, right? And in my older and wiser adult brain, I can see that this is actually a little bonkers, okay? Because compared to me, an adult, a 13-year-old, they don't have a lot of like qualifying qualities to them, right? So they can't drive, they can't cook, they lack the wisdom and emotional competency that an adult has. And therefore, I'm going to say something that I don't think is very controversial anymore. Maybe in the 80s, when people didn't care about their kids, I'm just kidding, here it is. If you need a babysitter, a 13-year-old is probably the wrong person for the job, especially because there is somebody who could do the job much better, namely an adult. In this same way, in Genesis chapter 1, God gives man dominion over the earth. Man, you and I hold the power over this vast plain of animals, land, and ocean. Man, fresh out of the dust of the earth, lacking the wisdom and competency that God Almighty does. And so, if you were to ask me, man is obviously the wrong person for the job. Or is he? Listen, I know that my God doesn't make any mistakes. So that means that behind this decision, there is purpose. At least more purpose than a 13-year-old babysitter. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Basic Bible Babe podcast. I'm your Basic Bible Babe, Brooke Ashley. And I'm not a theologian, but chances are you aren't either. But you don't have to be one to understand and fall in love with the Bible. So here, the goal is simple to motivate each other to move past those things that stop us from reading the Bible and to become a people that understand and appreciate the Bible for what it is, incredible. So remember, the Word of God is for you and it's relevant to your life today. Let's dive in. Welcome to my basic Bible babes and bros. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast as we dive into chapter one of Genesis. You know, I'm so excited to be getting into our second book officially. Last week, I had my sweet mama on the podcast, and we just discussed some intro talking points about the book of Genesis. So if you haven't listened to that um, episode, it might be helpful for you to go back to just get some context behind the book of Genesis. This week... On the Instagram, I asked you guys if you guys listen to any music during your devotion time. And by devotion, I mean 
reading your Bible, praying, doing your prayer journal, any quiet time with the Lord? Do you listen to any music? As I was growing up, it used to be gospel music because that was what my church prayed to. That was what my dad prayed to and my mom. So it'd be like Marvin Sapp, Fred Hammond, C.C. Winans, all these wonderful gospel artists. And then as I got older, it switched over to things like Bethel. I was obsessed with the Bethel spontaneous stuff. It really shaped me, especially the stuff with like the original people. The, one, the people now are wonderful, but like that was who it was when I was growing up was Stephanie Gretzinger, Amanda Cook, Jeremy Riddle, Bill and Jen Johnson. But during this time, I definitely struggled to keep a consistent prayer life. And then as I got older, I heard a friend mention something that like kind of like changed the game for me, okay? It was called soaking worship music. And that sounds interesting, right? But I went home and I looked it up and I found what soaking worship music was. So what it is, is it's just simple ambient background worship music with no singing, which is important for me because what I think that I found with regular music was that the lyrics would kind of distract me and I would just start singing along. You know what I mean? So now I also study with an aesthetic playlist without lyrics. So it'll be called like romantic playlist or Jane Austen playlist or cottagecore playlist. And for me, the less lyrics, the better. By the way, if that's something that you think that would help you, those playlists are linked inside of my Instagram bio, or you can find them on the Basic Bible Babe YouTube. That being said, I want to know if you guys think that music plays an important role in your prayer time. Um, some people just pray in silence, and that is super awesome. But I know for me, I enjoy having music in the background. So I would say that for me, it is important. I can't say that for everybody it is important. Um, but for me, it definitely is. Lastly, what do you listen to? Are you like me and stuff with lyrics distracts you? Or are you good at just blocking that out? And do you listen to Bethel? I know that somebody on Instagram mentioned that they listen to the Mercy Culture music and they are an awesome church based out of, I think it's Dallas, Texas or Fort Worth. I don't remember, but in Texas and they're amazing. Um, listen to their Lion cover on YouTube. But yeah, that was just my question of the day. So now we can get into Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 is one of the most studied and important pieces of scripture in our Bible. It discusses our origins as a world. And here we are getting ready to unpack it. And that's a little bit intimidating to me. I'm sure you can understand why. So I have to remind you, I am the basic Bible babe. Emphasis on the word basic. I'm not a theologian. I'm here just to hopefully encourage you to get into the word for yourself. So today, as we are doing a basic overview, if you find yourself thirsty for more, that's good. That is the point, right? Do some research and act upon those desires to go deeper. As we discussed in the last episode, the author of this book is Moses. And Moses has one heck of an opening line, okay? We get into scripture one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this immediately establishes two things. There is a God and he created us. And for the next 31 scriptures, we get a look, an insight at an artist at work. And not just any artist, 
but the artist, the author of creativity and innovation himself. There has never and will never be another like him. And as he works, we get a glimpse into the mind of this artist, your artist, and how he thought through this process. So scripture one, we have in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we get to scripture two. Scripture two has brought up some debate. Here's what scripture two says. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now here's why scripture two causes debate, okay? Everything that God creates is perfect. So why is the author describing the earth as void and without form if God created it? To answer this and some other questions, some people have come up with this theory, and this theory is called the gap theory. And what the gap theory says is that there is a gap between scripture one and scripture two. Once again, scripture one says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and scripture two says the earth was without form and void. The theory says that originally God created the heavens and the earth perfectly. But then God casts down Satan to the earth and Satan then makes the earth void and without form. So this would explain things like dinosaurs and why to scientists the earth is millions of years old. However, the gap theory has no explanation for fossil records and why dinosaurs went extinct because the Bible says that death came by Adam. So death was not a thing until the fall of man. I don't know. I don't think the gap theory personally does much for me, but it's very interesting seeing theologians dive into these questions that the Bible presents and studying it for themselves. Personally, when I look at scripture too, that says that the earth was without form and it was void, I think of an artist, right? And what does every good artist need? Well, they need a canvas. So when I hear that the earth was void and without form, I see a canvas, the perfect blank slate for God to work with. And the Bible says that darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. When I hear that the spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters, I'm starting to feel anticipation, right? Like something really special is going to happen. When I think of my creative process and when I do things creatively, right? Because I mentioned it in the beginning, God is the author of all creativity. My best and most creative works happen when the spirit of the Lord is with me. So the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord is there. It's hover, it's, there's anticipation in the air, right? Like something's about to happen. Creativity is about to be formed. And I encourage you, if you're a creator, if you're a songwriter, if you're an artist, get into the presence of the Lord. Invite the spirit of the Lord into whatever you are doing because it will help you do your best work. And now we are going to run through God's creation in the six days that it happened. God created the earth in six days and he starts with light. God says, let there be light and then light was formed. And when God sees light, the Bible says that he looked at it 
and says that it is good. He's an artist pleased with his work. So he adds a little more depth to this, right? Okay, so he looks at light. He's like, okay, this is good. How can we add a little bit more depth to this? So he separates light from darkness and calls it day and night. And that is what he does on day one. Then God separates the water on the earth from the water in the sky with an expanse. So like vapors in the sky, okay? And then waters on the earth. And he calls this expanse that is separating them heaven. And that is day two. Okay, so now God is looking at the earth and there's all this water just covering the face of the earth. And so what he does is he gathers all the water together and puts it in one place to make room for land. And God called the dry land earth and the water, the seas. And God looks at his creation. And once again, he sees that it is good. And I look at it like this when he's looking at his creation and calling it good. It's like he's taking a step back from his canvas and he's looking at it and he's pleased with the progress, right? I don't know if you've ever done it. I've written songs, right? And I can look at a part of my song and take a step back and re-sing it to myself and say, yes, this is going in a direction that I like. And that's exactly what God is doing. But he keeps going on this day. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which the, is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. This portion of scripture, I really liked it because it shows how intentional God's design is. His design has purpose. There is thought behind his design. So not only does God create an apple, right? So we have an apple and God created it, but he doesn't stop there. He thinks about the future of this apple and its purpose. How can he ensure that Brooke thousands of years later gets to partake in his creation in this apple? Well, he says that every apple is going to have seeds and these seeds will sprout up future apples forever. As long as there's an apple, there will always be a seed, hope of a future. That is very intentional design. One of my coworkers texted me the other day and she asked me, do you believe in evolution? And I said, well, no, not in the sense that I came from a monkey. I believe that we were intentionally designed. I don't think that chaos formed this perfect plan for not only creation, but its future. Anyways, God makes vegetation and he sees that once again, it's good. And then that's day three. On the next day, God creates the stars and the moon and the sun, which we now know is a star, and he creates seasons that the stars live by, and he sees that it's good. And that's day four. The next day, God creates creatures for the skies and the waters, so that's birds and sea animals. And he also gives them a future, telling them to be fruitful and multiply and fill up the sky and the waters. And that's day five. Now here's what. On the next day, God creates something pretty special. 
God created land animals, livestock, and everything that creeps on the ground, and he sees that it's good. But then God looks at his canvas and he decides to kind of pivot. And he decides to create something in like kind of like a self-portrait mode. Because this is what God says next. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And here we are back at the topic that we discussed at the beginning of the podcast, at the top of the podcast. God has given man dominion. God, we have been alive for less than a minute. We have not even had time to catch our breath. Literally, we haven't caught our breath. God is about to breathe on us later, okay? And yet God gives us dominion. We are now in charge of this vast and beautiful work of art. It's precious. It's a precious, crazy creation. And you and I are now here to manage it. And it begs the question, why us? Aren't we the wrong person for the job, seemingly? Well, as I was thinking about it, as humans, you and I were given this wonderful thing called choice. We can follow God's ways and his designs for his creation. We can listen to him and his guidance and wisdom when ruling over the earth or We can choose our own ways and see what that will bring to the earth. We can make the rules for the earth ourselves, but as humans and therefore as people with dominion, which includes you, if you can be the lowliest of people and think, I have no dominion, you have dominion. And that means that your decisions have long-term effects on creation. I want to say that again, as a human, I don't care who you are. If you think you have no authority or no power, you have dominion and you and your decisions have long-term effects on God's creation. Who would have thought that biting into an apple would have had such a long-term effect on creation? But it does. You have the ability to choose to be the right person or the wrong person for the job. The thing with choice is that you get to decide. There's a question that comes up often. If God is good, why is there suffering? Well, that wasn't in God's original design, right? God gave us a perfect design and put us in charge. So where did we go wrong? Our choice of turning away and choosing sin has caused the downfall of the earth and has caused suffering and pain. But, 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 at this point in the story, man hasn't really made any decisions yet. So, so far, maybe this idea could work out, okay, for us. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God designed you with intention. There was no mistake. And he says 
the same thing in three separate ways. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I think God wants us to know that you are not a mistake. However you are, however you were born, you are not a mistake. You were made with love in the image of God. And not only that, listen to this. The scripture says that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, right? Going back to the plans for a future and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in in its fruit. You shall have them for food. In other words, I've given you everything that you need to succeed. Okay, don't mess this up. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything everything that he had made and behold it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day god looked at you and he said man this design is very good everything else he looked at he said that's good but when he saw you he said that's very good god saw something in us god saw something special to put us in charge over this earth And he did not make a mistake. So with that, I want to encourage you and remind you that your choices matter. Not only to you, but to the earth around you, to God's creation. Start treating your decisions that you make, even the small ones, like you have dominion, like you have power, and you have a responsibility to rule over this world with good decisions. The best decisions are going to be the decisions that follow God's original plan. And where can you find those ways of the Lord? Well, in the Bible. I have said it many times, but the intention of this podcast is to hopefully get you to be motivated to read your Bible. And in the Bible are the ways of the Lord. In every scripture, you will find the ways of the Lord. And when we follow the ways of the Lord, we become the rulers that God has created us to be. So you have a choice. Are you going to be the right person for the job, this wonderful responsibility that God has given to us? Or are you going to not choose the ways of the Lord? And are you going to be the wrong person for the job? And the weird 13-year-old babysitter, you know? And yeah, that is Genesis chapter 1. It was lovely exploring that and some of the ideas in this chapter with you. Like I said, it's a rabbit hole. You could study Genesis chapter 1 almost for a lifetime and uh, pull so many things out of it. I encourage you to dig deeper into your scripture and just let it minister to you. The Lord will speak to you through this scripture and will tell you new and fresh things that are just for you. Thank you for joining us today. Next week, we will be covering Genesis chapter two. So go ahead and read that if you would like to. 
If you would, it would be awesome if you would rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a good review. Yeah, that would be very nice. Also, follow us on Instagram at The Basic Bible Babe. If you go to the link in the bio at The Basic Bible Babe, you will also find the study playlist and the prayer playlist. I call it the Time with Jesus playlist. And I think um, some of you might really enjoy that. And that's it. Remember that you were designed with intention. You were given authority to rule. And you have the ability to make the decision to be a good leader or a bad leader. So choose the ways of the Lord today.